This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Psalm 51, verse number 12. We are concluding today a series called DTR. Define the relationship. It's amazing. Week one of our DTR series, one of the girls in church, she had brought a friend to church. First time bringing her friend to church, and the series was called DTR. She was like, I was not ready for that. I want you to just preach Jesus. Don't preach anything about relationships quite yet. DTR, define the relationship. We've been going through as a church, talking about what relationships are right, what relationships are wrong, and what relationships need to be restored. I got to start off week one with the wrong relationships. And it's important for us to identify in our life, this right here is a wrong relationship. This is abusive. This is going to lead me down the wrong path. One of my favorite scriptures is, don't, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. So you can love God, but if you've got the wrong friends... That love of God is probably going to grow cold. You'll probably drift, and you won't serve God and fulfill the calling on your life. So you just got to call it what it is. This is a wrong relationship. I love you, but I got to go. I love you, but this is not for me. Wrong relationship. Last week was so great. Week number two, we talked about right relationships. Make some noise for Pastor Julia, who preached so fantastic. Did an unbelievable job. Also, not only did Pastor Julia preach, but we had four other ladies in our church that preached last Sunday. Kelly Eisman preached last week. Um, Erica the Boss Bosco preached last week. Becky Dalval, if you know Samoan Jesus here in the front row. Moana. Moana's wife preached last Sunday. And, um, and then Natalie and Orion out in the valley last week was fantastic. And they were talking about right relationships, the good relationships, the one that you lean into, the one that you put your energy in. Now, it's important for us to identify this one's wrong. i got to kind of just pull back a little bit. From, not that I, mean, I don't hate you. I'm not mad at you. It's just i got to put my energy, my time, and my resource into the right relationships and the ones that are going to help sharpen me. We've been talking about this verse. As iron sharpens iron, so one friend, one person sharpens another. I love what Julia was saying last week, that that sharpening is to get you ready for a battle. Your friendships right now are preparing you for what's in front of you. So when you get into battle, you've got friends that have challenged you, friends that have not let you coast. Friends that have not let you just do whatever you want to do and say whatever you want to say and act any which way you want to act. Friends that step up. I love the Bible. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. I wanted to say, faithful are the blessings of a friend. Faithful is the encouragement of a friend. No, faithful are the wounds because sometimes a good friend's like, hey, your breath smells. You know you got a good friend when they're like, hey, just a heads up, here's a piece of gum. A true friend tells you like, hey. What? Oh, sorry. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. So I got to identify what are the right ones. 
we're the wrong ones. And I want to conclude today by talking about any relationship that needs to be restored. I just got to tell you right from the start, we serve the God of restoration. Our God loves to restore broken things. God restores all things and takes them from old to new. Come on, anybody thankful today that we serve the God of restoration? I love this. I want to read a psalm because restoration starts with you. And David talks about in Psalm 51 how he had made failure and he had broken his own heart and he had made mistake and he felt broken into a million pieces. He felt shattered on the inside. And watch what he says here in Psalm 51, verse number 12. He says, he says to God, let my passion for life be restored. Tasting joy in every breakthrough you bring to me. Hold me close to you with a willing spirit that obeys whatever you say. Restoration has to start with me. I cannot get my relationships right until I get right. In other words, broken relationships are a reflection of broken individuals and healthy relationships are a reflection of healthy individuals. You will not see healthy relationships come from broken people. No, God takes broken people, brings them into revival, brings them into renewal, brings them into restoration, brings them into redemption so we can get all of our relationships right. Just love this about God. It starts with you. I love, David knew it. He said, before I can get right with my spouse, before I can get right with my children, before I can get right at work, I got to get, restore to me the joy of life. I don't know how you feel about life, but God today is trying to bring you back into abundant life. Abundant life when you wake up and you got something to live for. Abundant life when you got security and identity to your soul. Abundant life when you got the joy of the Lord as your strength. Abundant life when you're excited about the future. Come on, is there anybody thankful today that we serve the God that restores the joy of life back to our soul? Just love this. I want to preach a message today. Write down the title. It's called Breaking Up with Broken. Breaking up with broken, and maybe you feel broken on the inside. Maybe you've got some relationships in your life that if you were being honest, you look back and you're like, dang, I actually have a lot more broken relationships than I ever wanted to and I have ever been willing to admit. Maybe you live in a world of brokenness. I am from the firm conviction that all of us are much more broken than we realize and much more broken than we let on. And I want to say to Zoe today, we're going to break up with broken. I don't know if you're good at breaking up. Some of you are like, I'm really good at it. If you've ever broken up with somebody via text, you are not good at it. You're a heartbreaker. But we're going to break up with broken. And we're going to leave broken. I love what Julia was saying last week. That we're leaving one thing to say yes to the other thing. It's not that we're paying all of our attention to broken. We're giving all of our attention to healing, restoration, forgiveness, Jesus. Amen? So maybe you've never broken up with anybody before. Today's your first time to break up with somebody. 
Let's break up with broken. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you today that you are so amazing. You're so loving and so kind and so good. And we are in awe of your grace. We cannot believe how much you love to restore us. So we're asking today, by your grace and by your power, help us to see you and hear you. Help us to understand your love. We thank you that you are who you say you are. You can do what you said you would do. Lord, we speak to the brokenness of every person that's on the live stream, every person in the valley location, every person at the El Rey. We speak healing virtue in the name of Jesus. Heal us from the inside out. We love you more than anything else. And God, we speak to the brokenness of the Lakers. Restore all things in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, come on, Zoe, I need your faith right now. Even on the live link, I don't know where you're from. Clap for the Los Angeles Lakers in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. I'll drink to that. Cheers. Um, I don't know if you've ever broken anything valuable. Show of hands. You've ever broken something that's really expensive or really nice. Just let me see your hand. Nice platter, nice something. Just, you know, it's the worst when you break. Or you ever broke a limb? You ever broke? I broke my thumb one time. It's a crazy story. I'll tell you about it later. But, but it's the only, body, only, only uh, part of my body I've ever broken. But, um, but I'll never forget one time when I was a kid. I grew up, my grandmother, Conchita. Conchita had this massive house, lived on 72 acres in Yakima, Washington. My grandma, she, she, she married a rich white man. She immigrated from Mexico up to Washington. Holly at your girl. And so, so this is unbelievable. Went from Mexicali to the palace. Come on, somebody. And so, and so my grandmother, Conchita, grabbed all my mom and all her kids and got up to Yakima. We call it Yakima Vegas. And got up to Yakima. She had 72 acres, had this massive house, beautiful house. Well, this one time when I was kids, uh, when I was a kid, all my tias and tios, this aunts and uncles, white guys, and um, all my aunts and uncles, they went out and we were at home with our with our older cousins watching us and I'll never forget me and my kid you ever have that one cousin that gets you in trouble you know what I'm talking about that one cousin in these Jesus so I was with my one cousin Stanley Stanley the steamer is what we call him and Stanley the steamer had this bright idea because my parents and Conchita were gone had this bright idea that we could play soccer in my grandmother's hallway now, the only issue with my grandmother's hallway was her expensive chandelier, like the El Rey chandelier, but more beautiful. And so I was like, yeah, Stanley, cool, that sounds good. And I'll never forget, because, you know, I'm not a Pele, I'm not a, you know, Ronaldo, but I could kick a ball, you know, I could do a little something. So we're there in the hallway, and we're kicking the ball, having fun. Mom's not there, Conchita's not there. We're having a great time. And this one particular ball he hit to me, I got a little aggressive. I was trying to flex a little bit in front of my cousin. So I was like, I'm going to kick this one with a little, this little spank, you know, just a little, you know. And so, so the ball came to me, and I, it was supposed to just, you know, be a line drive. It was supposed to be a line drive. And so when I kicked it, it just kept raising. It just kept going, and it hit the chandelier. It shattered my grandmother's <laughs> chandelier. Now, when you're a child, you don't reason. You just run. So I just ran. Nobody's home yet, but I'm just running anyways. I'll stop eventually, but I had to run. Long story short, I had to stay back. My parents left me at my grandmother's house with my grandfather on his 72 acres, and we had to go out. I had to work all the, the land, and I had to be a farmer for like three weeks. I'm like 12 years old. I was a farmer for three weeks. I'm working with manure. I'm moving hay. 
or trying to move hay. <laughs> like I had to work the farm for three weeks because I broke my, I always think when I grew up and I was old enough, I was like, those three weeks of me doing nothing definitely did not pay for a chandelier. But my parents were trying to teach me a lesson. You break something, you fix it. You break something and you need to make it right. You break something and you need to own up for it. I want to talk today about fixing broken relationships. About stepping up to make right what is wrong. You might be here going like, I, um, I didn't mean to do that. And so I ran from the relationship. But maybe God is here saying, you know what? Let's heal. Let's mend. Let's fix. Let's bring restoration to broken relationship. Just love this about God. God loves to heal broken things. He's in the business of healing broken things. Remember that old lullaby? Remember it say Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And if you remember the lyrics, it says all the king's horsemen and all of the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. Because king's horsemen and the king's men cannot do the job that only a king can do. And our King Jesus was sent to heal. Our King Jesus was sent to bring restoration. Come on, is there anybody thankful today on the live link at Valley, at El Rey, that you're grateful that Jesus has come to restore and bring healing? Only a king can bring healing. Only a king can restore. Write down number one. God loves to restore anything that's broken. This is his love language. This is his calling. This is his duty. This is what he relishes in. This is what Jesus was born to do. Jesus knows he was sent as a healer. He was sent as a restorer. He was sent to redeem. Watch this, Jesus. Luke chapter 4, put it on the screen. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus talks about this. And watch what he says about himself from the prophet Isaiah. Luke 4, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus knew his mission. I have been sent to heal broken hearts. Broken hearts of abuse. Broken hearts of abandonment. Broken hearts of betrayal. Broken hearts of loss. Jesus said, I've been, I've been sent not for the perfect ones, but for the broken ones. I'm the God that picks up the pieces. I'm the God that puts things back together. It's amazing. You and I, we only love new things. We despise old things. We want that new car smell. We want those new shoes. We want that new opportunity. We love new friends sometimes more than old friends. We love new furniture, not old furniture. I've never met anybody that's like, you know what I love? I love that smell of old carpet. It's so good. Just love getting in the car, a lot of dirt. Just love, ah, oh, what is this, 20 years old? Love it. Now we like that new car smell. We like that new friend. We like that new thing. That's why so many of us, we run up to obstacles in life, and we just go, I'll get something new. This friend let me down. I'll just get a new friend. Oh, this spouse is not working out. I'll just get a new marriage. This church is not working for me. I'll get a new church. We love the new 
and rarely pay attention to the old. But Jesus has come to heal the old and the broken, that which is in despair, that which is in ruins. God takes the old and brings it into the new. He's the God of restoration. He's the God of healing. He's the God that fixes stuff. And I just want to tell you that God wants to restore the relationships that need to be restored. Now understand this, and I want to be very clear. Please hear me. Not every relationship that is broken needs to be restored. Not every relationship that you are in, God would not say, I need to restore that relationship. In fact, God is so good, he has taken you out of that relationship. By his outstretched hand, God has rescued you from abuse. He has rescued you from betrayal. He has rescued you from people that were harmful to your future. In fact, I just want to put this up about restoration. Put up this, this is a thought. This is not a scripture. Restoration. Even though God is a God of restoration, not all relationships should be restored. But God wants you to be restored. Sometimes a relationship is harmful, abusive, bad, and the Lord has rescued you from it. The relationship may not be restored, but you can and you should be. Come on, anybody believe that today? You can be restored and you should be restored. So we got to understand, again, we're just defining the relationship. Some relationships, God's like, nope, go back, let's make it right. Other relationships, God's like, I pulled you out of that, and I don't ever want you to get back into that. That is not my heart, and that is not my will. So we got to discern which one is which. But the first order of business is that God wants you to be restored. God wants you to be touched. God wants you to be fulfilled. All of Psalm 23, one of the most famous psalms in all of the Bible. Oh, watch what it says, where he leads me and what he does with my life. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. God wants you to be restored. He starts in your heart. He starts in your spirit. He starts in your soul. He restores your mind. And he takes the brokenness of your heart and he brings it back to life, back to health, back to loving, back to giving. He's a God of restoration. Anything that's broken in you right now, God wants to restore Maybe your trust is broken. God wants to re restore and rebuild your trust. Maybe your love meter. You go, I can't love people. I don't know how to be loving. God wants to restore your love. Maybe you're not compassionate and you're full of anger and full of harshness. God can restore your compassion. He is a God of, re he restores your soul. Your soul is the central part of your being. They say that the soul is who you really are. So God comes to heal Jesus so good. He goes, I know why I'm sent. I have been sent to heal the brokenhearted. I have been sent to restore people's soul. If you come here and you're a part of our church, we pray over your soul, that your soul would be fresh. Your soul would be flourishing. You wouldn't feel exhausted. You wouldn't feel depleted. You wouldn't feel overwhelmed. No, when you encounter grace, he restores your soul. You feel good in your soul. God is in the soul business, and he comes to restore all things. Anybody thankful for that today? Come on, let's clap together. And let's just thank Jesus right now. He's come to restore the brokenness of our life and the brokenness of our soul. And we have to understand that sometimes these broken relationships, when they happen, when brokenness happens in a relationship, sometimes it's not even our doing. Like brokenness will happen in a relationship and you're like, hey, but, but I didn't do anything. It was all them, it was not me. 
So shouldn't I have the right to just let them go? Shouldn't I have the right to be like, we're friends, but we're kind of like frenemies? I got frenemies, got a lot of frenemies. Thank you for everybody that laughed. I appreciate that. It's good for my soul. It's a confidence booster. I appreciate it. I just look at the Bible, and one of my favorite stories is in Luke 15, and there's this dad, he's got two sons, and he's got these two boys, he's in love with them, and one of them comes to the dad one day and says, Dad, I want out. I want all my inheritance right now. Dad, give me everything that is rightfully mine, and I'm gone. I want to get out of this place. So the dad is not controlling. The dad is, he is hurt. He is beside himself. He cannot believe his, the reality of his life. But his dad looks, and he's like, son, if you want to go, then by all means, here's your portion of the inheritance, and he lets his son go. Now, this is the moment of sever. This is the moment of hurt. This is the incident that he, he has every right to say, I'm hurt at my son. I'm mad at my boy. I have every right to be angry, to hold a grudge, to hold it over his head, to be bitter. He has every right within himself to be so mad. But the dad lets the son go and stays sweet, stays kind. I wonder if the people that have left you, if you're still holding it over their head. You're still mad as a hornet at how bad they abandoned you. Not this dad. This dad stayed sweet. He stayed, I'll bet this dad was of such great character that he even prayed for his son. God, I don't know where my son is today, but I just want to pray a blessing over him. I want to thank you that in Jesus' name, you're going to bring this relationship back. You're going to bring this son of mine back. You're going to restore this relationship. I don't want to have a world of broken relationships. So I just declared in Jesus' name, my son and this relationship will be restored. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us how long he's gone. The Bible doesn't say he was gone for a month or a year. We just know he was gone long enough to spend his entire inheritance. He spent all of his money on loose living, all of his money on wild living. So one day, the Bible says, his dad, who has kept his heart pure and kept his life right, one day his dad is sitting there, and all of a sudden his son starts walking down the road and coming back to restore the relationship. Write down number two today. This is the sign of a grace-born heart. You can always tell someone that has encountered Jesus by the way that they forgive. You can always tell someone who's had a new heart by the way they restore the relationship. The world says, cut them out. The world says, get revenge. The, the world says, karma, you know, all those things. No, but when someone has encountered grace, when someone has encountered Jesus, the son comes walking down the road, and the father does not stay on the patio and go, let's see what he has to say. Well, this will be interesting. Let's see how much money he has left. The Bible says the father doesn't even wait for the son to make it to the front patio, but the father starts running towards the son. I wonder if you're the type of person that runs to restoration, runs to reconciliation. Because so many of us, if we were on the porch and the person that hurt us and walked out on us and they were coming down that road, so many of us, when we saw them from the porch, we'd probably go back inside and lock the door. We'd probably say, we're not letting you get close to us again. You have no business and no place in my home or my heart. You're out. But not this dad. 
See, grace restores you in such a place. Grace touches you in such a place that all you want to do is restore. You restore your relationship with others. I don't know anybody that encounters Jesus and stays having enemies. I don't know anybody that encounters Jesus and, and doesn't change. Zacchaeus is my favorite example. Zacchaeus, Jesus finds him in a tree and says, man, you got to come down. We're going to Starbucks. Let's go get orange mocha frappuccinos. And they go to Starbucks to get orange mocha frappuccinos. And they're sitting there, and, and he gets saved, and his heart gets touched, and he gets a grace-born heart. And he says, watch what he says to Jesus. This is Zacchaeus. This is unbelievable. Look here in Luke uh, chapter 19. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. In other words, what he's saying is, I want to go over and above to restore my wrong. You can't have grace without restoration. You get touched by Jesus and touched by grace, and you're like, I want to forgive so-and-so. I want to pay back this. I want to make right this. I need to call so-and-so. I need to do this thing because I can't have all this forgiveness and not restore my relationships. Come on, let's clap together and thank God. It's the sign of a grace-born heart. So he comes back into the house, and he's so excited in fact, watch what the Father says, Luke 15. Let me just read the Father's response. Luke 15, verse 20. So he got up and he went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him and ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. This is the guy that hurt him. This is the guy that ran out. This is the one relationship that is broken in his life. I wonder if you're the type of person that runs with compassion to the person that let you down. Now, again, there are some people that have hurt you that we don't need to be restoring in that relationship. But there's other people that God is saying, I need you to be filled with compassion. I need you to, to help right their wrong. I need you to let them off the hook. I need you to throw your arms around them and say, you know what? God meant for us to be together. God meant for our marriage. God meant for our family. I know you're my brother. I know you're my sister. I know you're my cousin. I know you're my aunt. I know you're my uncle. And God wants us to be right in relationship. This is the God of restoration. And he goes and he throws his arms around him and he kisses him and he says, oh gosh, this is exactly what I've been praying for. This is exact. I wonder if you're the type of person that has faith for restoration. God, bring back my parents. Bring back that, that, that relationship I lost. That, that son or that daughter. Bring it back. This father had faith for restoration. In other words, restoration, you don't just fall into it. you got to have some faith. you got to have some grace. you got to have some compassion to make this thing right. This is so amazing. You can't make this up. Father throws his arms around his son. The son, think about how sheepish. Think about how shy. Think about how embarrassed. There are people in your world that are so embarrassed about the way they treated you. They feel sick to their stomach about the wrong they did to your life. And they think you're going to just absolutely annihilate them. They need to understand grace. You're a person of forgiveness. You're a person of compassion. You're a person of second chances. It's a grace-born heart. Amen to that. Son walked in like this. Dad throws his arm around him, kisses him, starts to cry. My son, listen to the language of the dad. My son was dead and now he's alive. What dead relationship? Can God bring to life right now? He was lost and now he's found. 
Watch Grace. Grace goes, he goes, ah, feel the, kill the fatted calf. Hire a DJ. We need Cody to back her. Get a DJ. Get a DJ. Get my robe. You know, my big, my Gucci robe. Get the good one. Get my big robe and my big ring. And my son has come home. God loves restoration. God, he'll throw a party when someone who was lost gets restored in the presence of the Lord. But in this, just like relationships, worship team, come join me. I love this so much about relationships. They come back, they're partying, they're doing the YMCA, they're doing the, the Cucaracha La Bamba, they're doing the whole thing. They're having so much fun, they're partying, they're bringing out the tacos, they're having so much fun. In the middle of the party, while the party's going on, in the middle of the party, one of his attendants walks up and says, uh, Sir, can I speak to you outside for a second? And the dad's like, what, huh? He's like, yeah, 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 I'm, I'm so sorry, it's bad. For real, right now? Yes, sir, right, right now. He's like, all right, I'll be right back. Don't you go anywhere like you did last time. Stay right here. He goes outside, he's like, hey, what's up, what's up? And one of his attendants is like, um, it's your other son. And he's like, what? My, my other son? The one that's been with me this whole time? What's wrong? What, son, what is it? What's wrong? What happened? Are you, are you hurt? Are you good? Sounds like this. It's like, son, what, what is it? Really, Dad? All these years I've been here serving? Never threw me a party. Never hired a DJ for me. And your son comes prancing back. And this is... The son is so angry, he refuses to come in. And he ends up losing a second son. You know, the thing about relationships is the work just never stops, does it? (laughs) Just as soon as one is restored... It's on to the next. Just as soon as one is in good standing, it's like, really, another one? Another offense? <laughs> Can I not get peace for one moment, God? You know what I love about God, though? He'll give you the strength to keep loving. Write that down, number three. He'll give you the strength to keep on loving. In your own soul, you might feel exhausted, like I'm over it, I'm out. It's gonna take my ball and go home. Can't get anything right around here. So many issues and it's all their fault. It's them. How dare he not want to come into this party? How dare I have every right to celebrate my son? I thought he was dead. Who does he think he is? No, no, no. It's not the spirit of the Father. It's not the spirit of grace. Same faith. And compassion he had to use with a son that left him has the same grace and compassion he had to use a son that was angry with him. My Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. In my own strength, I'll be mad as a hornet. 
In my own strength, I'm a, I'm a person of unforgiveness. In my own strength, you can walk out and leave me, and I'll take my ball and go home. But when I get Jesus in my life, and I've got grace in my life, and I've received the forgiveness of heaven, come on, it doesn't matter how many times it happens. It doesn't matter who it is. I've got enough strength to forgive the people, that, I, and I'm breaking up with brokenness. I refuse to be a person that goes from offense to offense, fallout to fallout, brokenness to brokenness. I'm not going to do that. I refuse to be a person that is a shell of myself. Help me, God. Help me, Jesus, to love. Help me to forgive. Help me to have compassion. Help me to understand that you are greater, you are bigger, and you can take that which is dead and bring it to life. I wonder if today you need to step into the room of restoration. Because some of us have been on the outside of the party like, I ain't going in. I ain't going in. I'm, I'm, not, go, I'm not going in there. I am not going. No, I refuse it. Too hurt, too bitter, too broken. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 12, put it on the screen, Hebrews 12. I love this verse. It says, be careful, Hebrews 12. Watch over each other to make sure there's no one who misses the revelation of grace. And make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. Did you hear what the Bible just said? If you don't understand grace, you'll get bitterness in your heart, and it will affect every relationship. It's not this one relationship. It's all your relationships. Say, why is so-and-so so angry? Why is so-and-so so harsh? Why so-and-so? Ooh, whoa. You ever get around somebody, you're like, oh, they're an angry elf. <laughs> all that wound, all that bitterness festers. Does it stay? Never stays. Bitterness never stays. Springs up and affects every relationship you have. Could have been your brother or your sister or old boyfriend, old girlfriend, didn't matter what it is. You let that settle and you don't bring restoration. I promise it will affect every area of your life. It'll affect your workplace. It'll affect your marriage. It'll affect your parenting. It'll affect every area of your life. Not one area. It'll it'll affect every area. And God says this, come into the room of restoration. And in this room of restoration, the most broken of worst relationships can be restored. Remember Genesis 45? You never heard the story, Genesis 45, long story short. Joseph has been betrayed and hurt by his family. Family wound. All of a sudden, one day his brothers who have wronged him show up. And he brings them into a room to reveal himself. He says, I'm Joseph, the one you sold out. And he forgives them of their wrong. And it's in this room that not only are they released, but he's released. It's in this room that the debt has been cleared. It's in this room of restoration that everything they felt guilty about has been wiped away. All the shame, all the condemnation. In the room of restoration, it all gets released. The sting of fallout, the sting of defeat, the sting of betrayal, it all gets released in the room of restoration. I wonder if you need the room of restoration in your family, the room of restoration in your marriage, the room of restoration in your soul, because God does not want to let you be broken and battered. He wants to restore all things anew. Come on, somebody get some faith today and thank Jesus. He's the God that heals the brokenhearted. 
Come on, let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you that you're able to do these things. You're able to fix us. You're able to heal us. We don't know how you do it, but God, thank you, Jesus, that you came to heal our broken hearts. We admit today, we confess today, there's brokenness on the inside. We need your healing virtue. We need the revelation of grace. So right now, we're asking you, God, restore our brokenness. We want to break up with brokenness. We want to break up with the broken things in our life. In Jesus' name.